Good evening. Our reading this evening is taken from Genesis chapter 27, verses 1 to 40. And you'll find it on page 28 of the Church Bibles. Genesis 27. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here, am I, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow. Go out to the open country and hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me a kind of... A kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son, Jacob, look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father, then take it to your father so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man, while I am smooth-skinned. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and got and brought them to his mother, and she prepared some tasty food, just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau's, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and smooth parts of his neck with goatskin. Then she handed her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, and touch, who touched him, and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? he asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat, so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate, and he brought some wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, 
Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may, your, may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, please sit up and eat some of the game so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that, that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright, and now he has taken my blessing. Then he asked, Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him lord over you, and have made all his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father answered him, Your dwelling will be away from earth's riches, richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword, and you will serve your brother. Then when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Thanks so much, Steve. Good evening. My name is Cal. Is this mic working? Yeah? Okay. Uh, I'm the Young Adults Pastor here at Above Bar, and it's great to be with you this evening. Do have that passage open in front of you. Do keep it open, or if you don't have it, it's on page 28 in the Bible. It's going to make a lot more sense in the next 20 minutes or so if you have it open in front of you. We're starting a new series on the life of Jacob in the book of Genesis, uh, starting tonight. We also have communion, so pray for me. I'm going to try and do this <laughs> with speed, but at the same time be faithful to the passage. There's some things you need to know as we begin to look at the life of Jacob in Genesis. First of all, there's two words that's key to understand a bit more, and they are birthright and blessing. You might have noticed those words quite a bit. They seem quite important in Genesis chapter 27. Well, the birthright is essentially in a, in, a, in a patriarchal society that they lived in is the oldest son's, the eldest son's right to extra property and privilege. Okay? Oldest son gets the most of the inheritance. And the second thing, the blessing, is a quite a bit different uh, from when we say, you know, if maybe you have a blessing before you eat, or when somebody sneezes, you say, bless you. This is a far more significant blessing, as you might have noticed that Isaac gives Jacob. 
A blessing uh, essentially is kind of a, a last will and testament, but it's got more to it as well. If you notice, like in verse 29, there's a spiritual element to it. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. It's spoken over the person receiving, receiving the blessing. And also it's binding. Um, you can see that in verse 37. You can see it in verse 33. Isaac says, I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. It's a, it's a bit of a, it might be a strange story as you were listening to it, uh, just now. It's also a very tragic story. I mean, soap operas have nothing on this family in Genesis chapter 27. All of the characters in this story are sinning tremendously. All of them want the blessing of God, but they don't want to bow the knee to God. They want the blessing of God, but they're not obeying God. We're going to go through this story. We're going to look at each character. And do be praying, what might God be saying to you? How is he speaking to you? As we go through this series, looking at the life of Jacob, it's a lot of mess. Jacob's name means deceiver, or it's an idiom for deceiver in the original language. And he deceives a lot. But as we look at the series, I pray that we will all see just how faithful and good God is. And how he works through broken people like me and like you. Now, a little background as well, and then we dive in. This blessing from Isaac is a really special blessing. Because if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, to Isaac's father, Abraham, should be on a slide, if we could pull that up, Genesis chapter 12. This is what God says to Abram to become Abraham, Isaac's father. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. Sound familiar? And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is God's covenant, his promise, like we sung about earlier, to Abraham, that through him and through his lineage... All the nations on earth will be blessed. All the nations on earth will be able to come to a relationship with God. And Abraham's first son, who the inheritance passes on to, is Isaac. And so now, here in the story, we're coming near to the end of Isaac's life. Isaac and his wife, Rebecca, struggle to have children. If you turn over one page, page 26, to chapter 25... You see the account of when God promises that they will have children, which becomes Jacob and Esau. Look at verse 23 of chapter 25. The Lord said to Rebekah, the nation, two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the elder will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter 
a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So, we see here the family dynamics. Esau, the macho hunter, Isaac likes him. Esau is also technically the older and should, by tradition, have the birthright. But God has said, in his surprising, mysterious way, actually, the older will serve the younger. God does this a lot. If you remember last summer when we looked at David, he doesn't look on the outside. He's the God of the underdog. He chooses the kind of, we would call, mama's boy, who stays home around the tents. Rebecca really loves him. Not the really macho guy, hunter. And he says he will be the one who rules over the elder. And so here we go, at last, into Genesis 27. Buckle up. Do be digging into the passage with me. First, we have Isaac. Look at verse 1. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak he could no longer see, he called for his elder son Esau and said to him, My son. Here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I'm now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow. Go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. What is Isaac doing here? We've just seen previously, Isaac knows this. We've been told the elder will serve the younger. The, the blessing will go to Jacob, and Isaac knows this. But here, at the, near the end of Isaac's life, he's like, I need, to do, I need to give my blessing. I don't know when I'm going to die, Esau. Notice the lack of witnesses. And he tells him to go, prepare me a meal. Isaac it emphasizes how much he really likes the wild game that Esau hunts and, and cooks, doesn't it? He, maybe he's being driven by his stomach. I don't know. But he's deliberately going against the will of God, isn't he? He knows the blessing goes to Jacob. But despite that, he decides, you know what? I'm giving it to Esau. I like Esau better. Maybe it was in Isaac's old age, but I don't think that excuses him. He's deliberately going against the will of God. And I don't know about you, but that's something I'm sorely tempted to do pretty much every day. I wonder if the Spirit is speaking to you now. Are you going deliberately against God's word in some area of your life? But the story goes on, and if Isaac is plotting, well, his wife is counter-plotting, because Rebecca heard, verse 5. Rebecca was listening. They live in tents. She's probably, you know, it's not solid walls. She's nearby. Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I might give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so that I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. 
Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Now, Rebecca and Isaac haven't read Ephesians uh, chapter 5 uh, and the call to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. But even if they haven't seen the beautiful picture of marriage that we see the Apostle Paul gives us uh, in the New Testament, this is a sad state of affair of a marriage, isn't it? Isaac's deliberately going against the will of God. Rebecca hears it and goes, I'm going to trick him and get my favorite son the blessing. Now, you might say, well, Rebecca knew God, what God had said, so she's actually you know, doing a good thing because she's bringing it about. But she's trying to bring about God's will, or God's blessing, a righteous thing, in an unrighteous way, through deception, through lying, through trickery. And friends, God never signs off on bringing about his will in an unrighteous way. He does not need us to bring about his plans and his purposes. He doesn't need us to cut the corners. He does not need great speakers and pastors who behind the scenes are living incredibly ungodly lives. In fact, the great reward that we could hear on Judgment Day is not well done, good and successful servant. It's not well done, good and efficient servant. It's not well done, good and popular servant. It's well done, good and faithful servant. He desires faithfulness over results. And in fact, results brought about in unrighteous ways are not results in God's eyes. Rebecca's seeking to bring God's will about in an unrighteous way. And I wish I could say to you, well, Jacob, he's the hero. So Jacob then goes, no, mother, that's terrible, lying to my father. But what's his concern in the next verses, verse 11? My brother's a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me and... and he figures out I'm tricking him, that'd bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. No, his concern is about getting caught. Great. What a lovely family we have here. What a lovely story we have here. But families are broken, and I think we all know that. You'd say this is a soap opera, but it, it, this is fairly true to life in many ways. And there's this powerful thing, verse 13. What's Rebecca's response to Jacob? Son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. Rebecca's willing to take any curse that might come if this goes wrong for her son. So we have Isaac deliberately going against God's will. We have Rebecca trying to bring God's will about in an unrighteous way. And we have Jacob. So Jacob goes along with the plan. He gets the goats. Uh, she cooks a meal. Apparently the goat tastes enough like the wild game, both pretty gamey, I'd say, having eaten wild game and goat. Um, so Jacob goes, verse 18. He went to his father and said, 
my father? Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. Jacob lies about being Esau three times by my account in this passage. Right there, later in verse 24, Isaac's still clearly not sure, but he's quite old now. He can't see well, so he's not sure. He says, are you really my son Esau? I am, he replied. But also, maybe a little less directly, but verse 20, Isaac asked his son, how did you find it so quickly? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. He seems pretty smooth with the lying game, this Jacob. Isaac's not sure. He says in verse 22, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. See, Rachel, I mean, Rebecca, sorry, was incredibly clever to think even to use the goat's skin, that if he, Isaac touched Jacob, it would still feel like Esau. Esau was a hairy guy, wasn't he? If a goat gets, you know, deceives you and makes you think that's you, you're a, you're a hairy fella, just saying. But he lies. He deceives his own father to get the blessing. And this is interesting. He's acting like someone else to get God's, to get God's blessing, to get his father's blessing. And I can't tell you in my life how many times I've done that. And I don't believe the gospel of grace, that God actually comes to me as I am and calls me to himself as I am, drenched in sin, unworthy of his love and his forgiveness and grace. And he forgives me. He makes me clean through his blood shed on the cross, Jesus. He calls me to new life. And yet over and over... I feel like when I am coming to church and when I'm, when I'm going about uh, each day and in ministry that I have to be, kind of perform, I have to put on a mask to a certain extent. I can't show just how broken I am. I have to put on a mask. Some of us even put on certain clothes literally to fit in more, to get the blessing of friends, of community, of church. He's disguising himself to receive blessing. And it's so important that you hear this. You cannot disguise yourself before the ultimate father. He calls you as you are. So maybe it's for you this invitation tonight to stop pretending you're someone else. To take off the trappings of another person you think is more favored by the Father. Come as you are. And Jacob receives the blessing. The final thing for Isaac is when he gets Jacob to come close and kiss him. And he can smell, I guess the smell, he's wearing Esau's garments and the smell of the goats, I don't know. He goes, yeah. This smells like a guy of the fields. This smells like Esau. And so he blesses him. Verse 27. The smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. 
May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. Remember what God said to Rebekah and Isaac. Jacob will Lord over Esau. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. And Jacob leaves. And then Esau arrives a little while later. Now, I didn't share with you, but back in chapter 25, there's this interesting little story. I'm going to sum it up, but it starts in verse 29 of chapter 25 on page 27. Esau's really hungry. He's been hunting and stuff, and he comes back. Jacob's fixed some stew. Stew plays a prominent part in this family. Esau's like, please give me some of that. Jacob says, give me your birthright, and I'll give you some stew. And Esau says, okay. Trade, done. Now fast forwarding back to chapter 27. Esau arrives expecting the blessing. And Isaac says, well, if you're Esau, then who the heck was that? I'm your son, verse 32, Esau answered. Your firstborn, Esau. Verse 33, Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. Now this is a tragic moment for Esau. Some commentators say actually throughout the story of, of Jacob and Esau, it seems almost like the Hebrew commentators prefer Esau, really. Jacob's this deceiver and he lies. But God has spoken and Isaac has spoken, though he was tricked. But it's interesting, Esau didn't seem that passionate about his birthright and the blessing earlier when he was hungry. He traded it for stew. I'm not even sure that trade is valid or could be done, but it happened. His stomach ruled over his soul in a way. He despises the blessing. It literally says in chapter 25. But then he wants it later. He despises the blessing, but he's upset when he doesn't get it. And I find this one the most biting for me, because how often in life and in my week do I act like the blessing God has given us through Jesus is nothing? Do I act flippantly with my faith, but still want the blessing. All four of these family members, they want the blessing of God, but they don't want to bow the knee to God. And the effects of this sin on their lives is awful. And this is the thing. We can sin, we can deliberately go against the will of God, we can seek to bring about God's will, but in terrible and unrighteous ways. We can keep disguising ourselves and acting like we are someone else. We can 
despise God's blessing and only get angered when we've lost it. But the effects of sin are real. God will let us, if we, if we go against his will, he will let us go against his will. But the effects of sin do catch up. For Jacob, verse 41, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near, then I'll kill my brother Jacob. So we've moved to now brothers who want to kill so Jacob has to flee. Rebecca loses her favorite son. They never see each other again, Rebecca and Jacob. This is the effect of their plotting and deceiving. Isaac has this moment. He trembles when he realizes what's happened to him. Maybe this is the, the waking up for Isaac, the realizing of his kind of spiritual coma where he cares more about food, like his son Esau in many ways to sober up and stop acting against the will of God because God brings about his plans despite the working of this broken family. The, the, all of the, the plotting and the backbiting and the scheming and the lying that goes on, God is faithful. He brings about his purposes. Jacob will be the father of the nations of Israel. The prince of Israel, as he's called later. And ultimately, a son will come down the line, whose name is Jesus. From Jacob's line. Who is the Savior. The one who brings about where all the nations are blessed. But the effects of sin are pretty awful in this family. And the most ironic thing, I think, and there's many things, Jacob's a deceiver, and we'll see in later chapters and later Sunday evenings how God pins him down and says, what's your name, Jacob? You cannot deceive me. But it's also the fact that Jacob in his late life was deceived by his own sons telling him, oh, Joseph, your favorite son, he's dead. Here's the proof. And what was the proof? It was the blood of a goat. You can't tell me God doesn't have a sense of irony. He used a goat to deceive his father. His sons used a goat to deceive him. Sin goes on and on and on in cycles, in families, in this world. But despite the effects of sin, God is faithful. And we can see that most clearly. And we can even kind of get glimpses of Jesus here in this passage. Because Jesus is the one with the ultimate birthright. He is the Son of God. But he comes into this world and he takes on flesh. Not, just, not to deceive the Father, like kind of pretending and taking on uh, the trappings of someone else, but he takes on fully human, fully divine, fully in line with the will of the Father, not deceiving him, to win the blessing that we could never win. Jesus 
wins the blessing for us. Rebecca says, I will take the curse for this deception. On the cross, Jesus takes the ultimate curse for us so that we could have the birthright. Do you know this? If you put your trust in Jesus, you have an inheritance. You are a firstborn child of God through Jesus, our brother, our savior, our friend. Uh, Galatians chapter 4, I'll need it on the screen because I don't have it in front of me, though I can pull it up. It says this, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. That's astonishing. If you have problem with the sonship language, it's okay. For guys, we also are the bride of Christ. Even out. You are a, son, a child of God. You are an heir through Christ, through what he's done. So brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you as we look at the life of Jacob, be open to what God is saying to you. It's the God of grace who works in the life of scoundrels like me and like you. Are you working blatantly against the will of God? God's inviting you to turn around. Are you uh, trying to bring about good things but in an unrighteous way? God does not want that. Are you disguising yourself, thinking by pretending you can receive the blessing? Stop it. God sees you. Come as you are. Are you despising God's blessing, only upset when it's not there, or seems to not be there? Take it seriously. Cherish it in your heart.